Good morning, prolific authors. How's everyone doing? So today I have a really great interview for you with my good friend Stacy Juba. She and I have already collaborated on a few small things and she actually has some really great editing courses for authors. So we're going to talk about her writing journey because she is also an author first and foremost. In fact, just to give you a tease because I thought this was the funnest thing ever, uh, she wrote and still writes, Chicklet in a fairy tale amusement park. <laughs> That's not one you hear all the time, and I thought that was just charming and wonderful. So we are going to talk about what she writes and also her editing services for authors and just how you as an author can sort of self-edit and, and save yourself a lot of time and money on expensive editors by doing a lot of it yourself. And it's really a good thing. It's something that I had to learn to do too. So without further ado, let's talk to Stacy. Welcome to the Prolific Author Podcast. Let's face it, readers read fiction to feel emotion and be transported and transformed. In this ongoing digital revolution, where online marketing is always in flux, the only way to create a sustainable author business and live off your royalties is to write transformational stories, market at every stage of the author journey, and cultivate a loyal audience of readers. Fortunately, there's never been more opportunity to make a living as a fiction author. Hi, I'm Liesl Hill, USA Today best-selling author and story clarity coach. When I'm not dictating my own stories about dragons, serial killers, and dystopian worlds, I help other authors write their own transformational fiction, position them as bestsellers, and market them like pros. Join me on the podcast where I give writing tips, marketing how-tos, story advice, and interviews with other authors who are in the trenches just like you and making it work. We are prolific authors. All right, we are here today with Stacy Juba. How are you doing today, Stacy? Good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, sure. Thanks for coming on. So, why don't we start by having you tell everyone who you are and what you do and what you write? Uh, I'm a fiction author. I publish chiclet novels set at a fairy tale theme park. Uh, mystery novels about women sleuths, uh, young adult sports novels, paranormal, uh, young adult thriller, some children's books. So as you can tell, I've, <laughs> I've written a lot of different genres. I'm also a freelance developmental editor and I'm the founder um, of a company called Shortcuts for Writers and I teach online courses for writers to help them save time and money on the editing process. Great, great. And um, tell us a little bit about your journey. How did you get into all of this? How did it all come about? I've been writing pretty much since third grade. Yeah. <laughs> um, I had my first book published when I was 18. I entered it. I, I wrote a novel in high school, in high school study hall called Face Off. It was about hockey. And I was just, I loved hockey at the time. I loved writing, couldn't, I loved to read, couldn't find much to read in, in the <laughs> realm of fiction about ice hockey. So I just decided to write my own. And I saw in Tiger Beat Magazine that they were, um, had a competition for teenage authors. So I entered it and then I found out my, the summer before my freshman year in college, I found out that I won. So I received a publishing contract with Avon Books and, that was nice. exciting. Um, but there were several years of rejection after that. Uh, that was sort of a, a lucky break and the book did really well, but I still had to kind of find my voice and hone my craft. So there were several years of rejection and submitting to agents, working with agents. And then around about 2010, I published my second book, uh, which is my mystery novel, 25 years ago today with a small press. 
And that's when I launched my website and I followed it up with uh, my mystery novel, Sink or Swim. I, I brought back my book Face Off uh, as an ebook, a paperback, um, in a, uh, like a Kindle book. Um, yeah, I said that already. <laughs> paperback, <laughs> audible book. That's what it was. <laughs> ebook, audible, audible book, and paperback. So I brought that back and um, had it gone out of print? Is that why you had to bring it, it had back? Got, it had gone out of print. So, okay. um, and then I wound up publishing the sequel, um, totally rewriting it because it needed to be up to date and um, everything by 25 years after the publication of the first book. And there's just still my best selling book selling copies every day. So that's, that, wow. that was, that was neat. It's kind of a collaboration with my teenage self and my adult self on that, <laughs> bringing, getting that uh, sequel ready to be published. Nice, nice. So I got to ask about the, um, you said you did Chicklet in a fairy tale amusement park. Tell us more about that. That sounds like fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, so after the, after I wrote Face Off, I, I did mysteries for a while because I always love mysteries. And then um, maybe about five years ago, I just, I started reading a lot of Chicklet novels and romantic comedy. I think I just wanted to read something or write something that was light and fun. And mm -hmm. I, love theme parks. My, my husband and I got engaged at Epcot and we went um, on our honeymoon. We went to Paris. We went to Disneyland Paris. Um, and then we've taken our kids to various theme parks. Um, and while we were at like a small um, theme park in New Hampshire, a, like a fairy tale uh, theme park called Storyland. Mm -hmm. uh, we had just gone to visit Cinderella and I just, this idea popped into my head, like it's pretty much the whole, <laughs> from beginning to end about a reluctant theme park Cinderella who didn't really want to be, didn't really want to have that job, but she kind of gotten roped into it. And then, you know, what if she fell for her boss and he was her Prince Charming? And then, you know, what if she had annoying sisters? So I just, I just got this idea um, for a fictional theme park called Storybook Valley. And then, um, so I published the first book, Fooling Around with Cinderella, and then the second book in the series, um, so far there's two books, uh, but the second book is called Prancing Around with Sleeping Beauty. Um, and <laughs> it's a, the second one, um, it's like the, all the characters return for the second one, but it's a different, it's a different heroine. It's like the sister of the love, the love interest in the first book. So readers will get to spend time with familiar characters and then get to know um, some characters better that they were introduced to in the first book. Nice, nice. Yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun. So um, I just, I got to ask you because you write, you know, several different genres, which I do too. So what do you do to market and to, to juggle all of that? How, you know, what are some of your secrets? <laughs> I've done a lot over the years. I've experimented with different things. Probably my most successful um, efforts were having book bub ads. Um, I, I was fortunate enough to, to get book Bad ads for my um, books 25 years ago today, Sink or Swim and Dark Before Dawn. So it got to, um, I think, number 30 on the Amazon paid list and um, for 25 wow. years ago today. And in the top, I think the top five on Nook. So that was, so the advertising is um, always helpful. I've done a lot of blog tours. I've done um, networking with other authors and having news, newsletter exchanges where we promote each other's books in mm -hmm. our newsletters and my my newsletter subscribers seem to really like that getting introduced to books by other authors i've participated in group sales um and then amazon ads i i found the most success with amazon ads for my hockey books 
Um, I think because it's such a, like a niche um, category, there's not a, as much competition mm-hmm. as there is like with mysteries or romance. So th- right. that's been really, um, that's been really successful for me. Gotcha. Gotcha. Good to know. And um, what's your process like? How do you get your books written and, and how long does it take you to, to get them written? <laughs> it's, it's varied. Um, it, like it's, when I was younger, like before I had kids, um, I, I wrote a lot faster. <laughs> um, I, I remember writing, like getting up early before work and then staying up late. Um, now, you know, my kids run me ragged, <laughs> even though they're older, so I don't have quite as much energy. So it takes me longer and might take me like a year or two to write a book if I'm focusing on it, if that's what I'm focusing on. Um, I was able to do my offsides, my, my face off sequel. I did that um, in about a little less than a year. Fooling around with Cinderella, got put on hold for a while. Um, we get my daughter, she had gotten type, uh, diagnosed with type one diabetes when I was mm-hmm. in the middle of writing it. And so I wound up putting it aside for a, a year because I had so much to learn about diabetes. Right. Um, then I was able to eventually you know, when she was squared away and doing well, I was able to pick up where I left off. Um, so that was probably about three years. So it varies. Um, mm-hmm. it, right now, I've been focusing a lot on getting some um, courses out for authors. So, um, right. so that, that's been my projects I've been working on this year. Um, and I have a couple more I want to get out early next year. And then I, I think I'll probably wind up doing a Storybook Valley Christmas novella. <laughs> and I've always wanted to write a Christmas book. <laughs> and yeah, then maybe I've been thinking about doing a third book in my Hockey Rival series. So when you're, when you're focusing on it, like what, what is your process? When, do you have a certain time you write or do you just, does it vary day by day? Or do you have a particular process that you follow? I'm probably the most productive in the morning, in the early afternoon. By about three o'clock, I've kind of my energy's petered out, and I'm better at doing like the marketing tasks or responding to emails and that kind of thing. And I, yeah. I do an outline, so I write an extensive outline, um, which it's not written in stone. It, you know, it, it evolves, right? Updated and change it, but it really helps me to know, you know, where the story's going and what's coming up, and then I'll, I'll. Like I'll try to write, I'll try to get like either through half of a scene in a day or like a whole scene. You know, I, I try to set goals. Like I want to get to this part, you know, uh-huh. today. And then I'll write myself a little sticky note, which is what's coming up next. Or I'll, or I'll even write it in my, um, in my file, in my Word file. Um, I'll write, you know, what's coming up. And if there's like snippets of description that I've done, I do a lot of research. Um, so if there's like something I've researched or like description that I've kind of thought about ahead of time and I have some notes, like I'll put that in my file. So that way everything's right there. Yeah. Um, you know, I know exactly what I'm going to be working on the next time I go on the computer. And I, and I used to write, I used to be like chained to my desk writing, but now I mostly write in my Chromebook um, I got in the habit of writing on the go um, when I was like, taking my kids to like karate or, you know, a birthday party or something or right. <laughs> trampoline park. I, I'd write, you know, on the go. And then I just kind of got in that habit. So now I'm, I love just writing in my living room. I have a nice recliner chair. I just <laughs> sit on <laughs> and then I usually edit on the computer. Like I have pro writing aid and yeah, know, I'll spend a lot of time on my computer once, you know, the, um, the draft is done. <laughs> Yeah. 
So you kind of, yeah, it's amazing how much more you can get done if you learn to do it on the go, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It was hard to get used to, you know, but it just, you know, it's like if you want to get anything accomplished, you have to kind of change your, right. <laughs> try something new and then I got used to it. Yeah. It is kind of a mindset shift, isn't it? To kind of train yourself to multitask like that. But yeah, no, I, I feel you. Yeah, I do the same thing. Um, so I always ask people, what, what, what kinds of things do you do, whether it's mindset or actionable things to keep yourself writing, to keep yourself prolific, you know, whatever that means for you? Uh, I try to, when I was younger, I used to be like a real type A personality, like, a, you know, <laughs> always work, work, work. And then, then I'd come home and write at night and, you know, then I'd be exhausted the next day and grouchy the next day. And then I just wasn't as productive in the morning or as creative <laughs> in the morning as I wanted to be. So as I you know, got older and wiser, I learned to take more time to myself. And I realized that, you know, recharging my batteries, like going for a walk, um, you know, get, you know, just getting up and doing a load of laundry or, you know, putting mm -hmm. some clothes away or doing the dishwasher, you know, it, it just kind of it just gets me out of my chair and just, you know, it, I, those little breaks recharge me rather than if I just try to force myself to stay there you know, the whole time writing, writing, writing. I right. do yoga and um, try to read for pleasure, even if it's like a few, 10 minutes a day, 15 minutes a day, I try to read something fun just for pleasure, you know, because it's easy to, there's always so much to do with the writing and then the marketing, you know, it's like, a, yeah, it's, you know, it's, I think it's important to remember that, you know, I, I became a writer because I love to write, I mean, love to read and mm -hmm. I love to write and just to, you know, try not to push too hard and um, yeah, read, <laughs> just <for> fun, <laughs> you know? And it's so funny because I'm, yeah, I'm the same way. And it's funny because so many people out there who maybe aren't readers, reading is a chore for them, you know, but, but I'm like you and that once I've done all my writing and all my marketing and everything else I have to do for the day, it's like my relaxation to sit down and just read something. <laughs> yeah. Read something I didn't write. Or, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like the easier work. Yeah. So no, I, I totally yeah. that. <laughs> but I had to make sure that like, I didn't work so hard that I got a headache. That was my problem. I'd be getting like headaches or my eyes would be tired. And I was like, Oh, I don't, I, you know, I want to read, but I can't, you know, yeah. I just can't. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That's definitely uh, us writers for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So you also do um, editing, like you were saying. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I'm a, a freelance developmental editor. So I help writers with pretty much like giving them a broad overview of their manuscripts. So like I'll evaluate the characters, their plot, you know, does, you know, do they have enough going on in their plot, mm -hmm. um, setting, like writing technique, the dialogue. And then I'll also do some line editing. Um, for a more beginner writer, it's it's hard to do much line editing because there's so many bigger things that they'll need to go back and change, um, right. structural things. But I'll do a little bit of line editing just to help them um, get the hang of writing more actively um, or using more vivid words. So I'll give some examples. And then for a more advanced writer where the story's further along or, or if they're submitting you know, like a second or third round of editing, um, then I can do more of the line editing and the um, punching right. up the words. Um, and what I was finding was that a lot of writers, beginner writers, um, didn't realize how, how involved the editing process is, like how expensive it can be. And mm -hmm. a lot of them just thought that 
you know, they would send it for one round of editing and that would be it, you know, um, <laughs> and you know, they didn't realize that most writers who are beginners, you know, need multiple rounds of editing because there's just so much to learn and get the hang of to, you know, master right. the craft and make their story as strong as possible. Um, you know, and that can be really expensive if you're, if they need multiple rounds with a developmental editor and then maybe later they might need a copy editor or a proofreader. Um, right. so, so that's why I created my online courses. So it would be like a stepping stone to hiring an editor who guides them through my book, my, um, my main course book editing blueprint. Um, it's a 10 module course and it guides them through everything that they should be evaluating in their manuscript before they hire the editor. Oh, so, so that nice. way um, it should cut down on some rounds of editing. And um, it's, you just really want, when you're hiring somebody and spending all that money, you really want to be sending them your strongest work, you know, your right. best efforts, because then you'll get the most for your money. So um, I just found it was more, that was a more effective way to, to, to teach the beginner writers like, more cost effective and then rather than trying to cram it all into a letter they could you know go through it and you know, have checklists and everything right right so do you have any any tips then i mean i know you kind of just said a bunch of them just sending your strongest work and and knowing what to expect but any other tips for writers when it comes to what to edit or how to edit or anything like that um i think one on the, the more like structural aspects of is that a lot of beginner writers they their their story doesn't really build in momentum like have have enough conflict a lot of times it's more scenes that are kind of strung together but they're not building and building and then right. it's kind of at, at the end there isn't enough of a climax um or you know the climax if there is one might be like 10 pages and then there's like 40 pages of resolution so they, <laughs> and it's you know if if, if, if you everybody has to start somewhere. So, you know, it's really yeah. common. So it's trying to tell them, you know, it's, this is very common, you know, right. <laughs> you know, you, everybody's has had to face like huge rewrites. But um, so that's one thing is just really make sure that you look into three X structure and that mm -hmm. you're, that you have enough plot points and that you have enough going on in the middle so that your middle doesn't sag and just make sure it's not episodic, like, you know, that it's all right. building momentum. And then um, a couple more tips are always like run a spell check. Um, a lot of authors don't run the spell check before they send it to me. And <laughs> it, 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 it's just, you know, I, I, I'll run it, you know, but yeah, um, there's some, there's some editors you're paying by the hour. And if, if you haven't run a a spell check, um, you know, or grammar check, it, it's, that's some time that's going to be spent, you know, because they want to clean up the manuscript to make it e a little bit just to make it easier to read. And if you have a lot of, um, you know, if you send your manuscript too early, and it's just a lot of errors in it and run on sentences and things like that, it can, it can be kind of hard for that editor to read. So you just want to um, make it as strong as you can before you send it. Yeah, those are great tips. Those are great tips. And, you know, I, it's so funny because I teach that a little bit too, to my clients. It's funny that writers for some reason think that if they know a little bit about writing, they, they don't really need any more story craft technique. And then you have those who really kind of push back against that because they're, you know, pantsers or discovery writers, which is, which is totally fine. But, right. um, you know, human beings always, 
consume stories in the same way. So we have to have that structure to, you know, go from low action or low, um, what do you call it? Low tension to high tension. And anyway, it's just funny because everybody who teaches that finds that in their, in their clients and in yeah. the writers. So <laughs> eventually, even if you push back against it, you're going to have to adopt it to a certain extent. <laughs> it's very true. Very true. Um, so what are your plans for the future? You've got these courses out, which is great. Are you going to keep writing? Oh, yes, definitely. Um, I'm in the process of launching uh, a new product for writers. It's, it's called the um, Energize Your Writing um, Toolkit, Cheat Sheets for Character Emotions. And it's a um, nice. it's sort of like a, it's a combination. It's a 100-page PDF that you can print out, and I recommend putting it in a binder. And it focuses on nonverbal communication. So there's like cheat sheets or lists of um, nonverbal prompts for different emotions or, you know, for, to kind of help you inspire you when you're trying to think of a fresh way to describe somebody who's sad or angry or to describe like a laugh or a certain kind of laugh or a look or game yeah. so um and then it has um, a couple of videos and um, some discussion questions so it's like a combination mini course and ebook so that just came out um and then early next year um i plan to do a light version of my book editing blueprint course um just focusing on the line editing for for um, like nonfiction writers or writers who don't need, you know, everything like the characters and all of that. Um, and then, yeah, I'd, I'd like to work on, I'd do another storybook ballet book. Um, yeah, maybe, and I maybe do another hockey book. Uh, <laughs> kind of have an idea <laughs> for that one. I think the, the pandemic is kind of, kind of like, um, interfere with my creativity a little bit, especially yeah. with the hockey novel. Um, just because so many rules, rules and things have changed. And so it's like, I, I think I want to just pretend that that happened <laughs> in my fiction, but you know, one part of my brain is thinking, yeah, but things are, you know, are different. It should I weave that in. So I think I, you know, I'll have to kind of get over that next year and just start writing and, <laughs> you know. Well, and I got to ask, so about the hockey novels, are they like, Rocky Balboa kind of novels? Is it about a team? Is it about an individual person? Like, I'm, I'm really curious what, what it's about it's two brothers um who, who were like star hockey players in high school in the first book they they didn't get along well one went to private school one went to public and then they um wound up you know in the same school playing on the same team and then they had a rival rivalry and then oh, okay. the, se the second book they're um seniors in high school um and they're they want to play, um, they eventually, their goal is to get into the NCAA playing like for a big team like BC or VU. And so, uh -huh. but the route to that is usually through junior hockey. So it's sort of about their quests, you know, in their senior year for how to, how to, um, you know, make, make those dreams come true. So. Nice. Yeah. Those sound like fun. Yeah. Well, and it, it might even be um, somewhat, I don't know, inspirational or, or, empowering for you to write another one after the pandemic just to show people kicking butt and overcoming you know that sort of thing <laughs> i think we need yeah. more novels like that right now <laughs> i think so yeah and in my in my theme park there <laughs> there is no pandemic that's right that's Northern right valley is untouched <laughs> you know? oh that's great <laughs> Um, all right. Well, thank you so much for coming on with us today. Do you have any other um, advice to dispense to writers who are still getting started, still on their journey? Um, watch how often you use the word look. 
<laughs> you won't believe how much you use. That's like the number one, <laughs> number one word I see that's that yeah. used multiple times. Yeah. That's interesting. I have, I actually have a list of crutch words that I edit for, and I know that some of them are just specific to me, but a lot of them are things that you see in new authors and looked is one of them, but it's, I wouldn't have pegged that as the first one. That's funny that that's the first one you always see. That's yeah, great. it's funny. That's, I mean, there's also others like walk and, you know, yeah. eyes, but look, you know, it's just so funny that always jumps out at me and it's always used multiple <laughs> times. <so. laughs> One of mine that I think is probably more specific to me is turned. And it's because they oh, always yeah. turn to look at people or turn to do something. And I, I use it. I always have to take out so many instances of it because I <laughs> Like people do not turn that often. <laughs> yeah, I have on my blog, I have this feature called behind the rewrite, um, which you should write something for it if you want to. But um, yeah, it's, it's where authors like kind of share behind the scenes of their editing process and their rewrite. So I just ran a um, ran one this week where the, the author um, was talking about how she kept using the word give like she it just she got it countless times and then one time she read it and she was like oh my gosh you know it was give give giving <laughs> yep <laughs> yeah well at least we all know we're not alone everybody has their crutch yeah. words <laughs> no that's great that's great advice well where can people find you tell us where they can find your editing courses and also your books uh they can find my books at stacyjuba.com um and then my editing courses and um, editing service at shortcutsforwriters.com. And I also have a free Facebook group for writers, um, the Shortcuts for Writers Editing Made Simple group and a, um, every five-day line editing class. So if they click on freebies on my um, Shortcuts for Writers site, then they'll find all that. Great. Great. I will make sure to link to that in the show notes. And yeah, thanks so much for coming on. It's been great talking to you today. Yeah, it was fun. Thanks. <laughs> Good luck with everything you're doing. <laughs> thanks me again. Before you go, if you found value in this episode, I would love it if you could leave me a review. Reviews are the best way to show your appreciation and help others find this podcast. Be sure to screenshot it, share it on your favorite social media network, and tag me at LK Hill Books. Remember, the world needs your stories. Only you can change someone's heart with your fire-breathing dragons, your mind-blowing mysteries, your epic romances, and your intense thrillers. So join the revolution and be a prolific author.